Next on BYU Sports Nation, starring in Hollywood, BYU women's basketball. Game day for the Cougars in L.A. as they work for a spot in the Sweet 16. Head coach Jeff Judkins joins us live from Los Angeles to preview tonight's matchup between the 12-seed Cougars and the 4-seed Nebraska Cornhuskers. Plus, spring football notes. BYU head baseball coach Mike Littlewood and the most valuable BYU athlete on his or her team. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Big Monday, BYU Sports Nation back to work. I'm Spencer Linton. I'm back! Yes, you are. You are back. And cutting me off, which is awesome. (laughs) Uh, Also, Jerem Jordan is the proud new owner of a Wisconsin cow tipping t-shirt. We tweeted it out a moment ago. Yep, there it is. It's on Twitter. I also brought the set uh, a gift. We talked about this. I brought something. It's a plastic piece of cheese. We're going to put this on the set. And from now on, if uh, you or I go out on assignment for BYU Sports Nation, you bring back something for the set. Jaron went to Milwaukee and brought back a cow tipping t-shirt. I did not bring back a win, And a plastic piece of cheese. This is quality. <laughs> Nobody does Milwaukee, Wisconsin like Jerem Jordan. And fake cheese. I, I'm seeing the tweet, and fake cheese. You want me to bring real cheese? No, you can't do that. Well, yes, I should, probably should have, but... You ate a bratwurst, they too. They had a bunch of cheese in the airport. Listen, you lived Milwaukee to the fullest. Well, not the, if you're Mormon, you don't live it to the fullest. <laughs> as, a BYU, as a BYU fan. There you go. You didn't let me finish my sentence. Again, Again cutting Again. me off. Well, things haven't changed. <laughs> Great to have you with us on the show, wherever and however you may be tuned in. How's your bracket, by the way, Jerem? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm in uh, a bracket on ESPN.com and uh, in fifth place right now. I have a perfect East bracket right now. Here's the dumb thing for me. I filled out two. Spent a lot of time on one, the one on ESPN for mm-hmm. our uh, just for, for the group that we're, we're using here. The other I did in a hurry with kind of a random upset undertone. I did it in like Four or five minutes. I have 13 of the Sweet 16 in, including Dayton. Is this in an alternate bracket? Baylor and, and Kentucky, much to the delight of our audio engineer, Aaron Evans. See, I'm not a fan of producing multiple brackets because then you can do this. Oh, yeah, one of my brackets had this stuff. I, I say did, you, too. I say, well, okay. I say you have one bracket, and that's your bracket. Okay, well, then I'm going to go with the one I have 13 of 16. Well, now you do. 16. You have to declare before the tournament. Come on. <laughs> no, no. It's the one with my friends that I've been doing year after year after year. This Good is, for you. Yeah, yeah whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Next year, I'm picking Congrats. all the one and two seeds to advance to the second round. After that, coin flips. And I'm serious about that. Coin flips after that. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUS and link up across BYU Sports Nation wherever, whenever, and sound off on today's Twitter question. I I sense we're going to have a lot of debate on this. Which BYU athlete is the most valuable to their specific team? Jerem, who you got? Taysom Hill. Second, Taylor Sander. Man. See, I can't, I, I'm looking at the overall body of work, as we use in March so much. So was I. Jennifer Hampson. In two sports. No, volleyball, she's not the most valuable. Guess what? They went to the Sweet 16 without her. What are they, they going to do the with same her? Thing. What are they going to do with Who her? Who knows? They, did, they equaled the season without her, meaning they're going to be even better. But the value to the volleyball team, not as much. They went to the Sweet 16. Okay, take the volleyball team out of it. The oh, women's I thought basketball we, I team. Thought you were t- okay, women's take, basketball. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Take, take the volleyball discussion out of it. Women's basketball. 
if you watch the game on Saturday, and we'll talk about this more, she entirely changed the landscape of that basketball game against NC State. It's no gotta, Taysom Hill, bigger it's, impact it's than be Jen no Hampson. Jen Hampson. It's got to be Jen Hampson. Less players involved in basketball. Less players involved. <laughs> you like the, <laughs> you throw Ammon Olsen out there last year, who knows what it is compared to what it was with Taysom. <laughs> I'm not saying Taysom Hill isn't dynamic. He's the most valuable. To their specific team. Listen yes. to BYU Sports Nation, noon Eastern on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143, or watch the simulcast live on BYU TV and on BYUtv.org. Rise and shout. It's time for a Big Minute Monday edition of What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Spring football update. A lot of discussion about BYU junior running back Jamal Williams relating to a report released by the Utah County Sheriff's Office website. Here it is. Here's what we know. On February 16th, Jamal Williams was arrested on a misdemeanor charge of underage drinking. According to court records, he was processed and then released about 20 minutes later. Williams pled not guilty on February 21st. He has a case in the Utah County Justice Court on May 7th. That said, BYU has recently changed their policy of how they report honor code violations. And it's they don't comment. They just don't. Unless there's legal action taken, which at this point there is no legal action. May 7th, he if go, there he is anything score, it's going to be on May 7th. He finds or after. out. So, uh so he's been practicing, there's been no uh, any kind of punishment. And so that's the information that we have to report now. When there's other news to report, we'll let you know. But that came out over the weekend. Williams, obviously a huge part of the running back group, which, oh, by the way, have grabbed Bronco Mendenhall's attention and praise this spring. Running backs are, I would say, probably the steadiest, um, deepest, and most productive group so far in the spring. Depth at running back is Always a good thing because yeah. it's such a physical position. And the, the speed at which BYU wants to run it, you need a couple guys. When Adam Hine is your number four running back right now, and you have a walk-on guy like Nate Carter who is kind of this Cinderella story, he's pushing everybody to be better. Boy, does that look positive. I mean, you got Jamal Williams, Paul Lasique, Algie Brown, Adam Hine. That's a good group. Algernon Brown is sneaky good. They're all I mean, guys that have experience. Paul, Paul Sique had a heck of a game against Notre Dame and Texas. Uh, and, of course, Jamal Williams, he's going to end up being the number one all-time leading rusher. Assume that he plays out uh, the rest of his career at BYU and doesn't get injured or, or otherwise. Uh, he's fantastic. So I really like the group of running backs for BYU. I've heard about some big plays that individuals have made. But in terms of, like, a group of players yeah. being consistently great. It's, it's been the running backs, and that's what Bronco Mendenhall just told us. One of the more inspirational and intriguing, uh, intriguing storylines of spring football thus far is the return of linebacker Zach Stout, who ran into some trouble early in his BYU football days. He spoke to the media on Friday. Right after, I was always like, I got to get back. And then, you know, as it went away, I just started getting disappointed. You went through that whole cycle, got a little mad, and then just decided, like, I need to get back. This is where I need to be. This is where I want to be. And it was, it was a great blessing in my life. It was a tar- hard time, but it was a good time. I enjoyed it, actually. Adversity and trials, we'll call it mistakes, can they not work for the better? I think Zach Stout is evidence of that. I expect him to be a contributor on this football team and a guy, because of what he's gone through and the road back, a guy that can lead. I feel like that works to, to your advantage as, as a leader. Not everyone on the BYU football team is a white guy that served a mission and does community service, right? Not everyone is like that. And that is fine. 
I love a group of diverse guys who have different experience, who get a different experience from BYU, that hopefully walk out of BYU and love the experience here. Zach Zout is for Brigham. Absolutely. He wanted to be here. He said when he left, he kind of got mad about it. He went through the, the lows, but he's back. He always wanted to come back. And th- those are the guys that Bronco Mendenhall wants, guys that absolutely are bought into what's going on here. They want to be here. And I hope he's a stud this fall. BYU needs some good linebackers to replace three starters. I hope he's good. And we'll see Zach and the Cougars on display this Saturday is the blue and white scrimmage. And we've got a special edition of BYU Sports Nation live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium to Eastern. We'll have reaction with players and coaches from the stadium. Oh, by the way, a Saturday edition. Yes, a, awesome. a Saturday edition of BYU Sports Nation. And, and we're one day closer to what really matters. Countdown to Connecticut. 158. We were at 240 oh, yeah. like a week ago. Oh, my gosh. It's almost 150. <laughs> Friday is show 150 for us, by the way. Very excited when about When the that. two collide, when the countdown to Connecticut and the number of shows are equal... There's a black we, hole we need, and yeah, everyone we need gets sucked cost, in and the, the Avengers come out and it's crazy. <laughs> oh, the Avengers had to get into the show somehow, didn't it? <laughs> sure. Didn't it? Let's keep it rolling. Topic two. The Cougars star in a Hollywood showcase highlight. Eaton, she'll try a three. And why not? How about Drano? Lexi Eaton from downtown. She's two for two with five points. And that's the lead for BYU at 12-7. BYU women's basketball, well done. Yeah. Just well, nice. well done. Nice. The 12 seed Cougars, oh, by the way, the highest remaining seed of any team in the NCAA women's bracket. Well played there. There's an 11 seed in there as well that beat Gonzaga, by the way. Um, so Gonzaga not in it. BYU is the lone West Coast Conference team remaining after an upset of number five seed NC State. Lexi Eaton, you just heard three of her points from Ty Brandenburg on the call. Drano. He'll call the game again tonight for BYU Radio. She had 25 points. 17 in the first half. She looked really... Doris Burke, by the way, was, was doing the color commentary. And Dave Pash, how awesome is that? All-star they do team. the women, BYU women's basketball game. That's fantastic. An all-star broadcast team for ESPN. She could not say enough nice things about Lexi Eaton. Lexi looked really polished. She looked like she was a player in a, in a different dimension, a different league. She, and she came out of the black hole. <laughs> 17 points in the first half. She was great. Jennifer Hampton didn't score in the first half, but she ends up with 12 points, 19 rebounds, tied to career high, and tied to career high with nine blocks. One block away from a triple-double, and she sat right yeah, here Yeah, let's, let's rewind. Where, where was she last week? Last week, we gave her karma, and bang, Biscuit! 12 points, 19 boards, 9 blocks. And did we play the Gregorian chant for her on set? Yes, yes we, we did. did. Yes, we did. The Sports Nation karma lives on. The legend grows. Kylie Maeda, by the way, little point guard from Hawaii. Man, she has developed a ton this year. She tied a career high with 14 points, made some big three-pointers. Morgan Bailey is an underrated star on this team. Thurl Bailey's niece. Thurl Bailey went to North Carolina State, and Morgan tweeted out, Sorry, Uncle Thurl, for beating your Wolfpack. It was a big win for BYU. Big win for Jeff Judkins, which brings Uh, us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Why, yes, it is. 27. BYU has 27 wins this season, the most during Jeff Judkins' 13-year tenure at BYU. Now the Cougars have a chance to go to the Sweet 16. If they beat Nebraska tonight, that's at 9 Eastern on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. Jeff Judkins will join us live in just a little bit here on BYU Sports Nation. Man, they 
NC State looked depleted. What a performance by BYU basketball. Which BYU player is the most valuable to their specific team? That is our Twitter question today. It's Twitter time. At Laser Sheep agrees with Jerem Jordan. Without taters, Good man. Taysom Hill, our offensive line would have nothing to work for. What could be more inspiring than a food-related nickname? I don't know. <laughs> I can think of a few things. But At whatever. Laser Sheep weighs in again. However, you don't call him hashtag Hawesome for nothing is the definition of a go-to guy. Tyler Hawes is second to taters. At Crazy Coog Fanatic, how about Jennifer Hampson? Yes, she could be MVP for both basketball and volleyball. Pretty amazing yeah, dual threat. That's unbelievable. And the fact that BYU went to the Sweet 16 without her, that means they might be able to go to the Final Four with her next year. BYU women's volleyball will have a legitimate shot to make the Final Four. That's a lot of pressure, though. Let's just go Elite Eight. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll start (laughs) with the Elite Eight. It was one and done for the BYU men's basketball team in the NCAA tourney. Still better than any scenario in the NIT. I'll stand by that forever. But what does the young Cougar team take from the experience? Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst, joins us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to the show. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B at BYU Broadcasting. Follow our show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation, by the way, airs weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYUradio.org, and the BYU Radio iOS app. It's a simulcast. You can watch us do the radio show on BYU TV. Tonight on True Blue with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler breaks down the men and women's hoops, uh, spring football reports on Michael Elisa and the secondary, plus the legacy of Taylor Sander, and center Tyler Heap is in studio, 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. A Monday tradition on BYU Sports Nation, BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler back on the show. Blaine, we've been politely discussing which BYU athlete (laughs) is the most valuable to his or her specific team. What direction are you going to go with that conversation? The quarterback is the most important position in sports, period. So that's just, that's just too easy. Spoken like it's a Taysom true quarterback. Hill. It's Taysom Hill. That's not even, is that even a question? Does anybody even question that? Jennifer Hampson? What about Jennifer Hampson? I said Taysom as well, Blaine. Well, Je- Jennifer Hampson is very important because what she represents defensively for that team, it, it changes the way they can play defense because on the outside – um, the guards can push up on people and defend the perimeter because they know that if they get beat off the dribble, they're just going to funnel whoever they're covering right to Jennifer Hampson. She's going to stop the shot. And so she changes the way they play. And BYU, by the way, the women's team, is a very good defensive basketball team because of Jennifer Hampson. But, but if they didn't have Hampson, I, I think they still would win a lot of games. I mean, I love Bailey inside. She's a presence inside. They wouldn't be quite the same defensively. She is an unbelievable player. We're going to rank her number two. But without Taysom Hill, I don't, I don't know what BYU would do at this point. Well, it was big for Jennifer Hampson to redshirt in women's volleyball, despite the fact that they had a really talented team. They end up going to the Sweet 16. They maybe could have gone to Elite Eight, Final Four, who knows. But she redshirts volleyball to concentrate on basketball. What kind of difference has she had this season by being able to focus on hoops? Well, I, you just watched the consistency with which she played this season. Um, it, it made all the difference in the world. And not the consistency of playing nothing but basketball, focusing on basketball, playing with her teammates during the offseason, being with them consistently all year long, I mean, it just makes a huge difference. This team this year, 
um, this, this women's basketball team is a really cohesive group that plays extremely well together, and I especially like the way they play team defense. And you know, I got to see them up close and personal because we did the WCC tournament down there on BYU TV, and I was really impressed with how good this BYU basketball team is. They, they are a very good defensive basketball team. Blaine Fowler on BYU Sports Nation, BYU TV sports analyst. He will join True Blue on, and Dave McCann tonight in Studio B. Blaine, as we talk about basketball, obviously the men, they, they bow out last Thursday. It's a one-and-done scenario. They lose to Oregon, and a lot of people are saying, well, now what? They, they, they got one game. There's some disappointment, obviously. But what can BYU's men's team take away from that game that will help them get better in the future? Well, they, I think that they, they played better defense I mean, I know they gave up 50%, but they started to play better perimeter defense down the stretch this season. They started to get some better habits defensively. And for them to take a step forward, they have to get better defensively next season. And they have everybody back but Mika. They add a couple of pieces. They add some, some guys that can shoot the basketball from the outside. I think they're going to get better offensively next year. But to me, for them to make that next step, to get to the NCAA tournament and to advance, they're going to have to be better on, on the defensive end. Now, in that game the other day, I, that one didn't, if you would have said to me, okay, how about, how about BYU only turns it over single digits, so they only have nine turnovers, how about they hold Oregon to 15% from the three-point line, um, how about they shoot 77% from the free-throw line? If, if somebody came to me and I didn't watch the game and they said, let me give you three stats for BYU, nine turnovers, 77% from the free-throw line, and they hold Oregon to 15% from three, I would go, well, gosh, they must have won that game. Because those are the keys for them. But you would never account for them shooting the basketball as poorly as they did. And, and without Kyle Collinsworth to kind of attack and to get some easy shots, their shooting percentage was so so bad. And the guards, you just couldn't have Carlino go 4 of 16. And, and, you know, Bartley was trying to pick up some of the slack. He goes 3 of 10. Um, Halford was 0 for 4. And so you couldn't predict that the guards would shoot the ball so poorly in that game. Because they, they took care of some of the areas that we had of concern going into the game. They shot free throws better. They, take, they took care of the basketball. They defended the three-point line. But they just shot just miserably in that game. And that happens. And BYU's not good enough yet defensively um, that they can have a bad shooting night and still win the game. In fact, they can't even be in a game. Blaine Fowler is on BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, that game to me told you how valuable Kyle Collinsworth is and how well BYU played in the first game just to be able to manufacture that many points. But more importantly, at Bridger Hill says, waiting for Blaine Fowler to get fired up and go all Doug Gottlieb on you guys again. <laughs> well, Why so calm this seen... week, Blaine? <laughs> well, I haven't, well, because they lost. No, I haven't, seen, I, haven't seen him. I haven't seen Doug tweet that they should see. I told you so. Um, they shouldn't have been in the tournament. I mean, they were, they're the lower seed. They're not supposed to win in advance. It'd be one thing if they put them in the tournament and they were a five seed and they went out and lost, which we saw a lot of five seeds lose. And you go, wow, what's going on? Three. They were the lower lost. seed. Yeah, they were a lower seed. They were supposed to lose in that ball game. Um, to say that their body of work for the season uh, didn't qualify them for the tournament is crazy. And I, you know, so I think that they belonged in the tournament. I do think that not having Kyle Collinsworth had – a big impact. I wouldn't have been upset had the NCAA tournament committee made them a 12 or a 13 or 14 seed because of Kyle Collinsworth, but I believe that they should have been in the tournament based on their whole season's body of work. So um, that's what I had issue with. He said they didn't belong in the tournament. Now, if he'd have said, 
Yeah, BYU belongs in here because of their of what they've done this year. And look, they got a couple of teams that they played this season, one that they won against and one that they lost to. They're in the Sweet 16. They played an incredible schedule. Because of that, they belong in the tournament. That was the issue I had with Doug's comment. If he would have said, oh, okay, they belong in the tournament, they're seated way too high, I wouldn't have had any problem with that comment. I had a problem with him saying immediately and proactively, without even being asked, while Brett Musburger's rolling out the brackets, well, there's a team that doesn't even belong in the tournament. There's a lot of other teams that he could have picked on that, that had a less of a resume than BYU that were in that tournament. And obviously from the comments from the tournament committee, it wasn't even close. So, so now after the fact, he hasn't made any comments about, see, they shouldn't have been in there because 34 teams lost their first-round game. So to all 34 teams the Duke shouldn't Keys. have been in there. Yeah, including Duke. Yeah, clearly I mean, Duke was, didn't belong, right? Come on. Exactly. Well, and neither did North Carolina, evidently. North Carolina lost, Duke lost. I mean, these teams are supposed to, you know, advance big time. They should be in Sweet 16. Well, maybe they shouldn't have been in there. I don't know. You know? <laughs> Blaine Fowler on BYU Sports Nation, 1984 national champion and former quarterback, now serving as a dual threat analyst for BYU TV. This, this scenario for BYU basketball in the NCAA tournament of one and done has brought up an interesting debate. Would you rather see BYU go one and done in the NCAA tournament or make a deep run in the NIT? Some people are saying, well, I want to see more games, so I'd rather have them be in the NIT. In my perspective, from what I think, I will take the NCAA tournament a million times out of a million, even a one-and-done, over any run in the NIT. Where do you stand on that, Blaine? I'm right side-by-side side with you, Spencer, because, I, because what the NCAA tournament represents is what you accomplished during that season. And, and BYU stepped it up with their scheduling. I love who they played in the preseason. And I think it was good for them. I hope we continue to schedule like that. I think that's a, that's a good thing. Um, and they're going to get rewarded for that. So I would rather have them get the reward of being in the tournament and then try to make you know, advances in the program. And, and this offseason, I think they've got to make big-time advances in the way they play defense. And that, then you go back the next year, and then you advance. And in San Diego State, man, they're in the Sweet 16 again. They've gotten in the habit of being there. And the first couple times they were in there, they were one and done. And, and then they all of a sudden start to win a couple, you know, win a game. And so you almost have to have that experience. Now, this group is a young group. They get back to the tournament next year, and they'll be a more veteran group. They're going to have better outside shooting. You hope that they develop some defensive habits in this offseason. They get better defensively. And maybe that's a team that can advance to the Sweet 16. So I would much rather have them have the experience of the NCAA and that red-hot spotlight and the grind of the season to get to that point than to have him have a so-so season and go to the NIT. Blaine Fowler is on BYU Sports Nation. Next uh, year's roster looks like this as Eric Mika will go on his mission to Rome, and then you add Jamal uh, Eights, Isaac Nielsen, two big men, Ryan Andrus out of high school, and then Jordan Chapman uh, off a mission as well as Chase Fisher. So you have five new guys essentially, a couple post players, a little more depth there. Uh, 14 scholarship players as of now going into next year. What's kind of the, the makeup or uh, difference in next year's roster to you on paper? Well, I, I think when you add, um, you know, we talk about the big guys, it'll be a little more depth. This year they, they've got issues. With, if they get one big guy in foul trouble, it, it's a very, very short rotation. So I do think that it helps that they're going to have um, more depth on the front line. But, but I think the shooting on the perimeter uh, it's going to make a big difference. I think they're going to be a more consistent three-point shooting team. And in the league, and in WCC, this is a league that likes to shoot threes. And sometimes you have to be able to make some just to keep up. And so, so 
So I think that the additions on the perimeter, not only on the offensive side but the defensive side, if, if Jordan Chapman can get in shape, and I think he can because he comes home here like in the next week or so, I think. Yeah, or maybe this week. This week. Yeah, that's, that's right. I remember talking to Jeff, and he, you know, so he, he, he's coming home. I think he has the size at 6'5", and the lateral quickness to be a good shutdown defender on the outside. I think that Chase Fisher has the size, so he's 6'3", and, and he's got good lateral quickness. And I think, I think they'll be a better team defensively on the perimeter, which is number one priority in my mind. But then I also think those guys create some great opportunities because we know that Fisher, in practice, has been shooting the lights out from deep. And wouldn't that be nice to have a guy that if you penetrate and take the ball off the dribble and, and kick the basketball, you have a guy that reliably is going to knock down threes. That makes a huge difference in what you do offensively. So I'm more excited about the perimeter additions than I am about the depth up front, but they're both good things. Blaine Fowler on BYU Sports Nation, always bringing it on a Monday. Blaine, we appreciate the insight on the men's and women's basketball teams. And uh, hopefully the Cougs can find a way against Nebraska tonight. That game will be live on BYU Radio with Ty Brandenburg on the call at 9 Eastern. Blaine, thanks for the time. We'll see you on True Blue. Good to talk to you guys. Talk to you later. BYU Sports Nation, oh, by the way, wrapping up spring football, we'll have a special Saturday edition oh, from Lavelle yeah. Edwards Stadium to Eastern, 12 Mountain. Again, that's Saturday, live on BYU Radio and on BYU TV, a simulcast special. Go back to Twitter now. At J underscore Parker 521. He says, I hate to beat a dead horse, but look who's wearing green and yellow again. Jerem. I brought a shirt back from Wisconsin. It has nothing to do with the Oregon Ducks. (laughs) He did answer our question, which is which BYU football or which BYU player (laughs) athlete is most valuable to their team. And he says, Taysom is the MVP for the Texas game alone. Taters. If Jeff Judkins, BYU women's head coach, Gets another victory today in L.A. Will he get his own star on the Walk of Fame? (laughs) He'll join us live next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and BYU TV with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Tonight, women's hoops. 9 Eastern, ESPN2 and BYU Radio, BYU in Nebraska, NCAA Women's Tournament, second round action, BYU with the chance to get to the Sweet 16 for the first time since Jeff Judkins' first season with Aaron Thorne. Which was 2001. 2001. I believe. Wow. Has it been 13 years? 14 minus 1, 13. Okay. He's coached some big-time players, and he's got a couple of big-time players on his team this year. Yeah. Namely, Jennifer Hampson, the West Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Year and just Player of the Year overall, coming off a near triple-double in that win over NC State. Recapping some of our top headlines, spring football continues. But something that we didn't get a chance to bring up early in the show that is just, just flabbergasts me is the fact that Eric Mika, freshman center for BYU men's basketball, he got his mission call. He'll serve a two-year mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Rome, Italy. May 14th. Leaves on May 14th. Then we find out that his walk-on teammate, Graham Pingree, gets called to the same mission. So yep. we got two basketball guys yep. headed to the same place. Well, over the weekend, and when I first saw this, I was like, no way. Eric Mika's best friend slash girlfriend, girlfriend, Gabby, gets her mission called to, to Rome. Rome. <laughs> his girlfriend's going to the same mission. What? I can't believe that. Wow. 
I think he used the hashtag in the Instagram photo. He sent out, what just happened? And then someone commented, eternal companions. (laughs) (laughs) In other news, Taylor Sander, uh, over the weekend against Cal Baptist, as heard on BYU Radio, became number two in career kills in BYU history, passing Rob Stowell. So only Ryan Millar, a three-time Olympian, a gold medalist, a national champion, is number one, considered by many the best player in BYU history. And then Taylor Sander, number two. Fantastic. And this weekend, huge matches for BYU men's volleyball. Santa Barbara Friday. UCLA Saturday, both on BYU TV. That was a really exciting moment. In fact, I, I think we have, Jerem, your call from that on BYU Radio. Can we play the Taylor Sander call from the game this on Saturday night? I have no idea what's going on. On the dig. Taylor Sander. The all-time. And he gets it. On the dig. Taylor Sander is number two all-time in career kills at BYU. What a career. What a player. Is there ever going to be a better volleyball player at BYU I thought you were going to play Sander? like, good job, good effort. No. Or something. I, I'm not going to, come on. <laughs> I'm not going to throw you under the bus right there. You're like, this is a joke. This, no, no, I, it's not a joke. I thought there was no way you are going to play the actual soundbite. How dare I try and do something nice for you, Jerem, and, and I guess put you on a pedestal and, and tell everybody how cool you are because you I made a great you, call. call. <laughs> you, are, you need to trust me, bro. I do trust you. Okay. You go to Milwaukee and everything gets all screwed up. Come back wearing green and yellow T-shirts, cow tipping, bringing back plastic cheese. Yeah, yeah, the crickets. Excellent. Yeah, let's talk about BYU sports. BYU's women's basketball team is ready for the round of 32 tonight. They will take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. The winner will likely move on to face UConn. The interesting part is that that regional, the Sweet 16, is in Lincoln, Nebraska. So you have to think the Cornhuskers are feeling awfully motivated to get past BYU for a chance to play in front of their home fans. On the women's side, they actually do home sites sometimes. It's not like the men's tournament where they'll go neutral or you're kind of close. Like uh, being in Milwaukee, it's a couple hours away from Madison. 85% Wisconsin fans in that building all day. They were pumped for Wisconsin. The morning session more than the afternoon or the uh, evening session. But uh, yeah, big game for BYU women's hoops. They tonight, play in Pauley Pavilion in Los Angeles. Home of UCLA. On the campus of UCLA That's tonight. where the men's volleyball team lost the national title last year. I would imagine that BYU will have a home crowd tonight because they've rallied the troops. You know, the alumni committee down there in Southern California. Yeah. Our friend on Twitter, uh, at Mike O'Connor, Moco BYU Blue, he, he's, he's getting everybody there to Pauley Pavilion that's in the area to go support BYU. So they should have a, a pretty strong cheering contingent tonight to try and get them to the Sweet 16. They, have, they haven't been there for a while. So just, just get there, have an opportunity to take on perhaps the number one team in America. This has uh, been a very successful season for BYU basketball and, and Jeff Judkins, who, by the way, your stat of the day, 27 wins. The most he's ever had in his career at BYU. We'll have Jeff Judkins uh, live from Los Angeles in a few moments. At Laser Sheep, what will you bring back from your trip to Lavelle Edwards Stadium this weekend? A cougar tail? A maple donut bar? (laughs) That's not a a road trip. (laughs) That's not a road trip. Road trip! Are we required to bring back things? From, from a trip to Provo, Utah? No, no. I'm sorry, Atlas Jeep. We are not going to bring anything back from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. <laughs> it's it's, like, it's got to be outside of Utah. Former NBA player and current BYU women's basketball head coach Jeff Judkins joining us live from L.A. The Cougars upset number 5 seed NC State, now face number 4 seed Nebraska for a spot in the Sweet 16. Coach, welcome back to the show. Congratulations on win number 27. How are you getting ready for Nebraska right now? Well, we're going to leave in about 20 minutes to go uh, to the arena and shoot and walk through 
our game plan and what we need to do, which will be really important. Is if you guys know, we did not practice yesterday at all on Sunday, so this is kind of a day that we have to really kind of bunch a lot of things together and try to do it. But my team has done this before, so it's not like that we've you know we're not prepared for it. We've we've had to do it during the season, and so I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be ready to go. Jeff, uh, what was more exciting, meeting Magic Johnson with the team or beating uh, North Carolina State? (laughs) Well, for me, it was beating North Carolina State because uh, I played against Magic five of my NBA years and they get me with the Celtics, of course, and and then I played with the Jazz. We played them a lot. So uh, for me, it was just to beat North Carolina State. The girls, I would say, would probably be a toss-up, but I would say the game was probably more important, but I thought my girls learned a valuable lesson. And sometimes when, you, when you're coaching, there's more than just winning games. It's a lot of things that, you're, you know, that your team and your, and your players need to learn. And they, they, they saw a very humble man who had a lot of um, fame that was very classy the way he handled himself. And I think uh, it, was, it was a great opportunity for them. How did you meet him? How did that come about? Well, we were eating uh, at a restaurant there on UCLA campus and all of a sudden one of the girls yelled Magic Johnson and then they just all took out and ran out to try to go see him and get a picture and when I heard I chased him I was a little bit behind him and they kind of had him cornered and uh, and we just talked and then I went up to him and I, you know he knew he didn't really know exactly my name but he knew who I was because I played against him a lot. Magic so Johnson knew who you were. <laughs> yes we just nice. talked a little bit we just talked a little bit, and I got a picture with him and just told him how much I appreciated what he did for my girls. And you know, These girls have met him, and they've met Charles Barkley. There's the two people they've met. And Blake Griffin uh, last week, a couple of them, right? Yes. Yeah, and they're, and they're all, you know, they've been really class people. So, you know, it's great. It's great for them. And we try to get him to come during game, but he's going to have another commitment on Saturday. So, I don't know, maybe he'll see his Twitter, and maybe he'll come to our game today. BYU taking on Nebraska, a 12-versus-4 matchup at Poly Pavilion on the campus of UCLA in L.A. You can listen to that game live on BYU Radio or watch it on ESPN2 starting at 9 Eastern. We're joined by BYU head basketball coach Jeff Judkins on the women's side. Coach, as I watched the game on Saturday, there were a number of things that were extremely impressive, especially the way that Jennifer Hampson altered NC State's inside game. It, it seemed to me that they wanted no part of what she was doing down low. And she entirely changed their mindset. So aside from that, what else did you see that went right for your team on Saturday? Well, I think, first of all, people got to give Morgan Bailey a lot of credit. She had to guard their best player most of the game. And our game plan was to start Morgan on her and not get Jen in foul trouble. I didn't want Jen sitting next to me like she's done in a couple games, big games. So, But Morgan did a so good a job on her that I just left her on her the majority of the game. And uh, I think part of it was that Morgan's strong and she could push her off the block a little bit. But secondly, what you just mentioned, and Jen could come down from the weak side and really uh, cause some problems with her shot. And then um, that gave her opportunities to kind of roam around. And I thought that really helped us. Uh, you know, Jen's blocks were not on her own man. It was other people driving, which is a, is a coach. A coach wants that. It's a positive thing that you're blocking people that you know other than your man and I, I think Lexi had a great game she came in 
didn't play well against Gonzaga, and she just came out and let it let it let it go. You know, she just she went out there and, and took the first half and scored some big baskets for us early and got us got us going offensively. And I think that was probably the key of the games. Jeff Judkins is on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, you win the game, and then uh, the Marriott leaves you crunch bars in your rooms that's saying you came up uh, in the in the clutch. You were in crunch time. What? That was you guys Instagram. That was pretty funny. Yeah, we got that. And the coaches ate ate, ate a majority of them. Not after that game, watching film. There's nothing else to eat in the hotel, so that's what we did. But it, it, it's it's been a great. You know these. Uh, these these young ladies are excited. They're playing great basketball right now. They believe in themselves, and we got a great opportunity. I've told them a lot during the season that you have opportunities, and when they come, you need to take them. So hopefully, we'll, hopefully, we'll play like we did here tonight. Tonight, if we can do it. BYU head basketball coach on the women's side, Jeff Judkins, joining BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, coaching the. Limited amount of time you've had to scout Nebraska and uh, to understand what they do. What do the Cornhuskers do in their game to make them such a tough team to prepare for? Well, they run a, they run a, 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 an offense called Chin, which is a lot of backpicking and pick on the balls. So one advantage we have is San Diego, who's in our conference, runs the exact same offense. That coach that, that coaches San Diego, Cindy Fisher, she was an assistant coach for Connie for two years. So they run a lot of the same stuff that we've had to guard before. So I think that'll help us. But Nebraska's got they've got two players that can really, really shoot. And uh, they're bigs. And so you have to that'll be the that'll be the match. Is can Jen go out there and chase some of these guys around a little bit and not get caught? And um, can we do a good job on not letting them get open looks and then on the other side of the coin, they've got to guard our inside presence, which they haven't had to guard really. And the Big Ten, for some reason, doesn't have as many good big scores like we have. So that'll be a, a thing for them. They'll have to worry about. So that'll be a good, a good chess match right there. Is who's who's going to win the battle that, that way? Well, good luck, Coach. Uh, get to the Sweet Sixteen. Leverage BYU Sports Nation karma yet again and take down <laughs> Nebraska. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thanks for everything. Hopefully we'll take care of business. Okay, thanks, thanks, Coach. Coach, Go get them. Okay, see ya. Thank you. Bye-bye. Which BYU athlete is the most valuable to their specific team? That is our Twitter question today. You got tweets. At Earl Allen Carr, most valuable to the BYU women's team is Lexi Eaton. Okay, the way she played 25 points on Saturday, hard to argue that. It's another rivalry matchup tomorrow against the team up north. Can BYU get a dominant performance like last time? Baseball head coach Mike Littlewood in studio to tell us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is Tyler Haas, and you are tuned into BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. We're doing it live from Studio B here at BYU Broadcasting. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. This is BYU Sports Nation. April 2nd, RSVP. Oh, yeah. The Y Awards. Sorry, our version of the SPs, the Academy Awards. Uh, live from the Marriott Center and live on BYU TV for the first time. If you're a fan, you're nearby, you want to go, you can show up. Or you can watch it on BYU TV, April 2nd, 9 Eastern. Studio C hosting. It's going to be awesome. All the big names of BYU Sports will be there. I think Mike Littlewood will be there. They might... I don't think they're on the road. I hope he's there, the baseball coach. (laughs) 
Well, that was a subtle transition. <laughs> Speaking of which, Mike Littlewood, the head baseball coach of BYU, joining us in studio. Coach, the last time we uh, had you on BYU Sports Nation, we weren't in simulcast mode yet, but it was right before you played Utah. You put up 20 <laughs> runs against the Utes, and fittingly, we bring you in before Utah yeah, again. How you feel about time. that? Yeah, I feel great. I wish I could take about 10 of those runs that we got last time and just tra- transfer them over to this yeah over to this game tomorrow but uh, we're excited to get going um, we're just looking for as coach Poland just my college coach here used to say the worm to turn and um, we're kind of just waiting for that in our season right now to start playing well and what a better time than tomorrow night uh, up at uh, I guess it's called Smith's Park now yeah, just uh, not, changed, not Spring right? Mobile, Smith yeah. Park. So. One of the I eight names it's had. Yeah. I still call it Franklin yeah. Quest. So we're looking forward to it, absolutely. Are you going to be at the Y Awards? Yeah, so the A-list, you mentioned the A-list, the big names. The, yeah. the, mid- Mike ma- the mid-majors Taysom are coming, Hill. too. <laughs> <Yeah>. Tyler Ross. <laughs> the B-list will be there, too, so I'll be there. Last last <laughs> year, I had the, it was my first opportunity to read off a teleprompter, so that was uh, a little bit nerve-wracking yeah, and interesting. Yeah, That's right. I think this year I just get to sit back and watch, so I'm excited about that. Good year because it's live this year, baby. Oh, yeah. Last year it was taped. Yeah, and live, I heard it's at totally. the Marriott Center. Yes. Yeah, we had, a, we had our first pitch dinner down on the Marriott Center. It was a great, great setting. Jeremy um, Guthrie. Jeremy Guthrie came and spoke to us. It was a, a great event, great night, and looking forward to getting back there. BYU baseball coach Mike Littlewood on BYU Sports Nation. Your team coming off a series in San Francisco, and you got to play at AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. How was that experience and that series for your team? Well, you know, the experience would have been better if we would have won 5-2 instead of lost 5-2. But we played. We went to Fresno on Wednesday, played a great game, lost 2-1, got two runners thrown out of the plate. That's my fault. Hmm. Uh, but it was situations where we were going to, you know, a couple outs and send them. We got the... the 27th out of the game, thrown out of the plate that, that would have tied it. Oh, uh, no. But it was a great play. Fresno played great. We played great baseball um, for for every inning of, except one. We booted around a little bit um, on Saturday and, and kind of gave, gave away a game. But we played four great games and starting to see a little glimpse of, of fighting our guys and, and uh, will to win. So it's good. We, we still have an opportunity to take one of the top four spots in the league, and that's what we're shooting for. You've had some notable performances thus far. Of course, the no-hitter from Colton Mahoney, uh, the win against Utah where you put up 20 runs, and then uh, three, the last three losses, a one-run loss, a one-run, and then three runs. So you're right there. Yeah. The, the effort has been good from your team, it seems like. It has. I mean, and you look at the one-run loss, we lose it in a, on a walk-off single in the ninth, but uh, if we go back a couple innings, we had two outs and, and we had a lead and we booted, one, booted a ball up the middle that allowed two runs to score. I mean, it's just those things are happening. And uh, when you're not playing well, those things kind of tend to happen. You almost expect those things to happen. It's, it's not good to say, but it, instead of uh, when you're on a roll and everything's going well, you get the big 6-4-3 double play like we did in the game we won. Uh, we got a 6-4-3 double play in the ninth, uh, brought Colton Mahoney in, in in the eighth inning to close. Can't say enough about him. He came in to close um, in, on Friday night and then started on Saturday. He threw 22 pitches on Friday and then came back and started on wow. Saturday. Hmm. Uh, and we're going to use them that way the rest of the season a little bit. Mike Littlewood, BYU baseball coach, joining us in studio on BYU Sports Nation. You talk about Colton Mahonia and what he's done. How, I mean, in, in your time around college athletes, how many no-hitters have you seen? I mean, where, where does that rank? A, a, yeah, I mean, I've probably seen five, and I've coached, I've coached a perfect game. I, you know, I, I shouldn't say I coached a perfect game. I, I was coaching when I saw a perfect game by uh, James Platt, who actually came here to, to BYU to pitch after right. Dixie. Um, that was up at College of Southern Idaho, and I believe it was a seven-inning game. But this is, I think, maybe the second one I've, I've been involved with. So it's it's ultra special. I mean, it was a cool, cool night. 
So you have Utah on Tuesday, and then you get back into conference play Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, what are the challenges of playing in the West Coast Conference in baseball? Well, there's just no easy weekend. Um, every every guy on every team knows how to play baseball. That that baseball instinct, that sixth sense about baseball, it's kind of ingrained in the West Coast guys and and just really players that know how to play the game and get to play all year round. And that's one of the things that um, I think we lack a little bit in the cold weather areas that we, we our guys might play 50 games a year and those guys are playing double all the way through their high school and Babe Ruth and whatnot career. So it's just um, there's a lot of good pitching and a, and a lot of good execution. Guys just really know how to play. So there's really every inning of every game, there's, there's really no easy out in any of our games. So it's just a real challenge that way. Our Twitter question today is, which BYU athlete is the most valuable to their specific team? You can go outside of baseball, but which BYU athlete is the most valuable? Not necessarily the best, just the most valuable. Well, just from what I've seen, um, I would probably say Taysom. That's um, what I said. Yeah, I would say Taysom, absolutely. Just kind of the, and I'm not a football coach or a basketball coach or whatever. I mean, that's not my specialty, but just viewing it from the outside looking in, the the offense that they run, I mean, he's he's pretty special to their offense, and uh I just it's going to be interesting to see how they recruit and how they fit quarterbacks into that system because I don't think Taysom Hills come along every every year. So, yeah, he's it, special. You know, th- th- they're few and far between. Okay, before you go, let's have you sign our uh, Rise Up flag. I can do it. Yeah. And good luck against Utah tomorrow. We give you BYU Sports Nation karma like last time. That's We absolutely. only want anywhere? 10 runs this anywhere. Yeah, anywhere you want. <laughs> All right. A record setter, weekend sweeps, and almost 70 straight points all coming up next in a loaded Cougar whip round. Thanks to Mike Littlewood, BYU baseball coach. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. The MVP of his team. Of his team. Of all teams. (laughs) You tried. You tried to troll me, and you failed. Do you know what time it is, Spencer? I do. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's volleyball. On the dig. Sander. And he gets it. Taylor Sander is number two all time in career kills at BYU. What a career. What a player. Heck yeah. Third ranked BYU beat Cal Baptist in three Saturday night. That part of the radio broadcast. Taylor Sander, number two now for career kills. What a performance this weekend. Huge matches with Santa Barbara and UCLA, both live on BYU TV. Women's basketball. You sound good on the radio, bro. Thank uh, you. The women score an upset in L.A. over the Wolfpack of NC State. A 12-5 upset, 72-57. It wasn't close. No rest for the Cougars. Back in action tonight against the fourth-seeded Nebraska Cornhuskers. Tonight, 9 Eastern on ESPN2 and broadcast live on BYU Radio as well. Baseball. The Cougars split the weekend with San Francisco winning on Friday 7-5, then falling on Saturday 5-2. A big game for the Cougars tomorrow in Salt Lake against that team up north. Rugby. After a slow start and finding themselves trailing Utah Valley University 7-0, the Cougar rugby team scored 69 straight points to down the Wolverines 69-7 on Saturday. The Cougs play two home matches this week with Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and San Francisco Golden Gate of the Men's Super League. Women's Volleyball. It might be the offseason, but the women's team did not sleep on Idaho State, Trevor Manich. getting a sp- on Idaho State. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Well, they're not next anymore. because They beat them in an exhibition Saturday. Gymnastics. 
In a meet that saw plenty of high scores by all five teams at the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Championships, the Cougar gymnast scored a 196.1. That's good. Amazingly, that was fourth place. I mean, it, it was high level. The NCAA regional qualifying teams will be announced later today. Tennis. The women's tennis team had a successful weekend. First, they beat Pacific 6-1. Then for the first time since 2007, BYU knocked off a top 40 team in conference throw. Number 38. Yes, they reckon that high. St. Mary's. 5-2 on the men's side. BYU beat Pacific on Friday and then lost to St. Mary's on Saturday. Golf. Number 39. No, I'm just kidding. The men's golf team tied for first place at the, the Desert 70s. Shootout in Goodyear, Arizona over the weekend. Justin My Kelly. My mom lives in Goodyear. Sixth place with a team low of 67 in the final round. Was she watching golf? Probably not. I, Fellow I told Cougar her Jordan there. Hammer was one stroke off his teammates and finished eighth. Mom, did you go to the men's golf tournament match game? <laughs> hey, tomorrow, Rob Daniel. We'll join us. Defensive back for BYU later in the week, Michael Elisa. And then, of course, the reminder, Saturday, live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, a special edition of BYU Sports Nation. Live from the blue and white scrimmage, we'll have reaction from players and coaches this Saturday, 2 Eastern, on BYU TV. Who gets our and rise and shout? Who gets our rise and shout? Today? I want to go with the whole women's basketball team because they had a tremendous performance. We haven't even talked about Morgan Bailey. She had 13 and 12. She was great. And, of course, Jennifer Hampton leveraged the karma. 12 points, 19 rebounds, 9 blocks. She was one block shy again of a triple-double. She's been there twice this season. One she block thought that shy. it might happen in that game. She kind of called it, right? She wasn't joking. She was in game mode. Game face. Which BYU athlete is the most valuable to their specific team? Let's go back to Twitter. Tweet, tweet. At Jordan EJ11, Taylor Sander is the best player in the country and most important player to a national championship contender of BYU men's volleyball. Yeah, it's close for me. Hey, thanks to our guests, Blaine Fowler, Jeff Judkins, and Mike Littlewood, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation for show links and much more. Episodes of the show on demand at BYUsportsNation.com each and every afternoon and on BYUtv.org slash DVR. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Chris Hale. You've just listened to a loaded edition of BYU Sports Nation.